You're listening to the Static Podcast on Static and Distortion. I'm Valerie, and I'm filling in for Robert tonight. And I'm John, always here, usually, most of the time. And I'm Robert, filling in for John. And he's also awesome, yes. I'm really excited to be here. I've uh, a long-time listener, first-time caller, I suppose. <laughs> Yay! Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, known these guys for a couple years now, and we've talked about music a lot, but I've never been on the show, so and excited the- to join. And this is a nice introduction also for Val, as um, she's going to be a contributor to the blog as well. Our poorly neglected, sad blog that has no posts. That has never had posts or viewers. We, some, we used to have posts sometimes. We used to do Fridays. We did, and Hip Hop Wednesdays. Wednesdays. I do enjoy the Five for Fridays. I've read a lot of those. Those are good. Over the last so, well, it's, mm-hmm. Since Robert doesn't seem to want to do the podcast <laughs> or the Five for Fridays, you can fill in for that. Too, anytime you want to i mean nice. yeah i've always said i'm never i'm never gonna do any work that's asked of me to be done for the site i will contribute on occasion as i do i've done five for fridays on my own without permission and uh you know they've they've been the most successful posts by my uh tracking well i don't know what you're using to track but uh the, I, use, the one... I use i use uh chrome I use Google Analytics. I hate for my um, post. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Actually, the, the person who gets the most views is Jason. Jason yeah. Anytime Jason posts anything, he gets the most His views stuff is good. all the time. His stuff is His worth stuff reading. Wait, isn't he the only person who writes for your blog? Oh, <laughs> right now? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I liked and, your and uh, your Death Cab uh, post, John. I did. Oh, yeah. That. that was a good one. My analysis of the song. Yeah. That was a good one. Speaking of emo, we're going to talk about Kevin Devine, who kind of fits into the emo, indie folk, indie rock, however you want to refer to him. I think he's sort of an artist of many hats when it comes to that. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. you guys get a chance to listen to some of his tunes? Sure did. the whole playlist. Um, I think, actually, it's surprisingly a good follow-up to our episode last week on Elliot Smith. Like, just coincidentally, we're like, Val, pick an artist. And she's like, ah... Then she picked Kevin, whom I've, um, I think, heard of, you know, in passing, people talking about things that are things, but never actually listened to, so that was fun to do. But for anybody that's listening, really, they're like, where's our King of episode? You guys promised us a King of episode. And I think we'll have um, that one. Yeah, because uh, I'm not very good at King of, so I wouldn't <laughs> be a good substitute for that. Uh, that's so well, not no. actually the reason. Well, that's... No, I did manage to steal our, uh, we did King of it was Matthew Broderick, um, because I knew the movie Glory was sort of a Oh, movie. that was some bullshit. That, that was, was a good that call. Was a, a that was a good King of. difficult game of King of. But <laughs> <laughs> other than time, I'm, I'm not very good. So I, I think that you guys will... It'll be worth the wait to have Robert and the two of you doing King of. I, th- I think it'll go one of two ways, probably, because our last one was just so vicious. It was, it was so, weird. like, in-your-face and great. It was, like, we got 75 artists out there, like, in an hour. So like, just not. He was he forgot. He was um, so drunk that he forgot. He, he, <laughs> I think he, like, defended Jewel again, the else pick. Somebody picked Jewel, and he defended it, and then later he named her as one of his picks <laughs> and totally forgot that Jewel had ever been brought up during that episode. It just shows you. you know, everybody gives Robert all this credit for open-minded and, like, you know, listens to everything. But it's all just a fucking mind game, man. It's all a lie. He's living a lie, and that's the proof in that one episode. I'm hoping we kind of read it. That last King of episode was one. really great. It was, it was fantastical <laughs> in many ways. Um... And difficult. I'm curious. You can. It was. It was difficult to sit through. If you go to the site, if you search for it, you can see our seven artists we named as unlistenable, unlistenable music acts, 
completely. So if you go to the site, you can search for that, and we stand as a unit, Val included, behind our choices there. Cool. Sure. Right on. All right. Music news? Hey, everybody. It's time for the news. <laughs> what the hell? The, what? Uh, no. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame <laughs> inductions were this week. That's exciting. Yeah. Green Day. Who got who got inducted? Induced. Who uh, got induced into order? Billy Joe Armstrong uh, were put into the Hall of Fame. It's so weird to me that huh. they're that they're been around long enough to be eligible for that shit. Like, doesn't I, that make you feel old? Yeah, it really, really does. It should make it should make John feel old because he talks about Green Day I a do. lot. <laughs> <laughs> I have several Green Day CDs. He bought my van because I listen to CDs. In above the um. Like above your and the thing for the mirror. no, I don't have one of those. No. Oh. Green Day was a... the first uh, concert that I went to that wasn't with my parents. That's kind oh. of fun fact. What was Green the Day first concert? Um, saves me. Very exciting. Oh, Green Day was in uh, one of those bands that. Uh, so when I was seventh grade or eighth grade, um, my friend Richard and I one summer. I think he was either just at my house or me at his house, like almost for two weeks, just going back and forth. I always wanted to go to his house because his room was in the basement, and he had um, his parents bought him a drum kit. He had a bass guitar, he had electrics, he had acoustics, he had um, recording equipment, and he's like what, 13, 14? And we used to put on um, Green Day's Dookie album and <coughs> play the drums along, and he'd play the guitar along with it. Um, so that was kind of my first, I was never really a guitar player. I never really did music. I was just appreciating music and enjoying it. That was the first time I like learned songs and, and, and attempted to, you know, make really bad junior high versions of, you know, <laughs> punk and emo songs. So that, it just is so weird that I've been a Green Day fan for more than half my life. It's like the same thing with you. What was that other artist that you really loved that you... Oh, um, Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> Who? I had a, I had a weird uh, DMB. revelation the other day. I had a weird revelation when um, Jen, who we haven't really mentioned on our podcast in a long time. That's because she's out of Dinosaur Juniors. She, yeah, she did run out of Dinosaur Juniors. That's, but Jen was talking about how she is rediscovering her love for Dave Matthews Band. And as I'm going through in my mind all these different, you know, first kiss and bought the CD for a girl I want to impress and all this stuff, I'm like, man, I back between like 18 and 25, I would probably I was probably a Dave Matthews Band fan and didn't realize. You it. know, the thing though, and I've been thinking about this a lot, like really a lot, and I think you could say that Dave Matthews Band defines your life, but you don't have to say that you are a fan. Like I think those two things can be separate you know right like it fits into the the story of john but it doesn't have to be like something you're dedicated to you don't have to like you don't have to you know jump off that ledge and say like i love dave matthews band i guess i'm a fan because i had a revelation you could just say no this is something that defined me as a person like for example right around that (laughs) same time i went to that uh green day blink 22 saves the day show i was listening to good charlotte but i was also in the sixth grade so i wouldn't call myself a good charlotte fan (laughs) just because i happen to be listening to them back at that point in my life true very true now (laughs) When's the last time you listened to Good Charlotte? Though? Uh, probably seven, seven, ten, twelve years ago. Okay, and John, when's the that. last time you listened to Dave Matthews Band? Um, uh, Monday. <laughs> okay, so maybe you're a fan. <laughs> Not to play devil's advocate against my own argument, but you totally just did yeah, that. I guess yeah. I did. Yeah, I was trying to root. I was trying for you, man. You know, I don't want our listeners to stop listening to our show. Because I like shitty music? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking of bands that you love, um, Chris Martin <laughs> is apparently romancing Gillian Anderson of X-Files fame. Is that music news? <laughs> that is, is that your music news? That is my e, e- news version of music news. <laughs> Well, 
I'm going to just completely bypass that and go back to Val's um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame <laughs> news point because Ringo finally got inducted into the Hall of Fame as an individual, yeah. not yep. part of the Beatles. Stevie yes, Ray Vaughan? Yes. I've never been a huge Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. I, but... I am. I dabble, but not, yeah, I don't know. But I suppose if, if, if Green life. Day and Ringo are going to be there, he should be there too, <laughs> right? Well, he actually should be in that boat with Green Day and Ringo. <laughs> that I think that's a perfect trifecta of music. They are, they are. I feel the same about all those artists individually. I think I learned um, this weekend from my dad, who we as we were talking about the Rock Hall um, inductees. I guess Joe Walsh introduced Ringo or presented Ringo with the induction i'm not sure what you call that um i did not realize that joe walsh is ringo's brother-in-law oh i didn't know that i thought they were like really good friends because they're always hanging out but you know they're i guess one of them's married to one of them's sister i guess family yeah weird the more you know Hmm. i don't like that at all it leaves a bad taste in my mouth Supion Stevens is touring. He is, yes. Yeah. Have you listened? Is he coming around? No, it's on my fucking list. Made, when we were talking the other day about like all the crazy ass 2015 album releases, I decided to make a list of everything that's upcoming that I need to check out and everything that I just haven't checked out yet. And there's like seven or so that I still need to check out, um, including, yeah, like Robert was saying, like Father John Misty, I need to look, listen listen to dylan had some sort of album come out earlier laura marling uh but also yeah no i still haven't listened to this album. it's really cool i i want to spend more time with it because i'm listening to it passively when i'm at work and um i don't use headphones at work anymore i just put it on my speakers on my on my desk and i i miss more than i did when i used to listen to music phones because then you can kind of lock out the world and pay attention but um Mm. The, the songs that I do enjoy off of that album are just so good. They're just really, really good. And then the story behind that album is, is interesting as well. So mm-hmm. it's it's worth it's worth your time. I don't know, I'm gonna check it out. It's on my list. You know, it's not not on my list. I don't hate Soupy on Stevens like you're accusing me. Of. Yeah. So Mumford and Sons. Did we yeah. talk about that last week? We didn't talk about the fact that Marcus hates the band name. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. He says he's tried to change it before, but now it's too late. Interesting. That's, it's kind of what Ben said about Death Cab for Cutie, though, too. He's like, if I would have known this was going to be a thing, I totally would have named my band <laughs> something different. That's why it's like when you choose a pet name. You know, it's the old saying, you know, choose your pet names wisely, because 20 years from now they're going to be, you know, your secret answer question to log into your bank account. <laughs> You have to you have to look at the bigger picture, which is why whenever I you know name bands, I spend weeks thinking of it. Weeks. So that's where you came up with Riderless. No, Riderless. I was watching this thing on the Civil War, <laughs> and I was like, that's a good name for a band. No, it was actually Ken Burns' documentary, uh, Civil War, and. Um, there was like a letter from a soldier and he was describing a scene of a, a horse returning into Tim Riderless and I was like that's a cool ass word and I was like that's better than a word that's a band name <laughs> true story I did not know that I'm just sad yes, I like yeah, our band well. name more now me too. Because I was kind of, I was half and half on that name, to be quite honest. Were yeah. you really? Oh, oh, that's sad. Yeah, but I, I mean, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But that now I actually it really seems well, like kind of like anything I write for the band. What? I didn't hate it or didn't love it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like. I've been. I'm the one telling you to do to do your song next. You keep doing my song. I just feel really vulnerable right now. As well, you should. And I think that's kind of your fault. Yeah. As well. You well, my pre my previous band name, my band before I, before I was in this was um, Coal City, um, which often got confused for Cold City, which isn't as cool. So that was that was a bad time for nine years. 
but riderless. <laughs> Eventually, riderless, but riderless, riderless though. Right into town and neither <laughs> of us will be on it. Eight years from now, soldiers are going to write about us. Yeah. I don't. I just realized I don't really have any good music news. I had a lot of really good music news, but I said it all already. I was just going to talk about Faith No More reissuing some of their albums. Hmm. And, and reissuing and, I guess, remastering or something. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like Faith No More. I don't... You know what? I've never listened to them, but it sounds like a band I wouldn't like. What's their oh, deal? Oh, they're... I mean, they... Would I like, would them? like them? Just don't bother. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like there's a big um, write-up in Pitchfork about the misunderstanding of Faith No More. Thing. <laughs> seems like it seems like it's not as big a misunderstanding, according to John. It seems like I really just wouldn't like them. Well, that's you. I think I'm representative of Pitchfork's entire demographic. Last <laughs> week, you were the guy I said I would not want to go to pitch to, to Lollapalooza with. Yeah. <laughs> 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 also true. Everything's kind of just proving this. And Roberts at the White Sox game. Who was missing that one week that we called? Was it? It was Robert, right? When he was at the concert and when Hutch was filling in. Was it? Yeah. Remember we were. That was one of, what I don't forget who we did that week, but it was the week that Hutch filled in, and Robert like called from wherever it was. Oh, like that was the Death Cab episode. Was I was going to say, I listened to that episode. That, that had to have been... I don't think he could call, though. I thought he was texting us. Oh, maybe he was texting us. He's doing the same thing now, just so our listeners know. He's trying to get in on this, and it's really sad. What's going and... on? What are you talking about? What's the music news? I can't live without knowing the music news. <laughs> Who played the ukulele this much... week? <laughs> Turns out nobody. Oh I don't even know. You were doing like harmonics. Like I don't even know what that was. That, that was the strings <laughs> above the fret. Oh yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I say we start talking about the artist this week. Sounds good to me. So uh, I guess we'll start off with kind of why I picked Kevin Devine. Does that sound sound good? And then. We'll see what you guys thought. Um, so Kevin Devine, I first came across probably um, maybe nine years ago, eight, nine years ago, uh, and introduced to them. I can't remember the exact chain of events, but I know that they had toured with, um, with Manchester Orchestra and Brand New back then, and I think that he was the opener for the show I went to, and I, I missed him but looked him up later. I think that that's kind of how it went down, but any, however it happened, I ended up with um, the album Split the Country, Split the Streets, and really enjoyed it. Ended up picking up his uh, album bef that came out before that, uh, Make the Clocks Move, and they very quickly became kind of two of my albums that I listened to over and over and over again, and I've sort of followed him ever since. Um, the most recent albums I didn't get quite as into, so my playlist is kind of heavy on the old stuff. Uh, not that I don't yeah. like the two new ones, and he actually released um, Bubblegum and Bulldozer on the same day. We can kind of talk about that when we get into the tunes. But, um, yeah, I just really enjoy the music. I think that uh, the kind of two middle albums in his uh, history, his discography, um, are really great as well, and uh, I think that that's really where he hit his stride with songwriting and, and lyrics, um, poetry. So, yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to introduce him, and, and definitely because I know you guys talked about Elliot Smith last week. Um, <laughs> you're both Nirvana fans, and I know he takes a lot of his influence from those guys um, and has even done quite yeah. a few covers, uh, including covering... The entire album, never mind. Yeah, cool. I just read about that in my cursory research, and I was like, oh, man, I don't want to listen to that. I bet that's good. I bet he does a good job with that. That's such a bold and cool-ass move to do it really an is. entire album. Yeah. I was I was so impressed by that, because that's something I've always wanted to do, and I think that's, that's such a hard thing to even attempt, let alone pull. It's always a great idea. Yeah, but a couple I think, of years ago... You know, um, mm -hmm. 
and I think that I think they put it out right around you know an anniversary of his death and I, I know that he you know on the last anniversary just recently posted uh, you know kind of about his experience with that and the impact that that Kurt Cobain had on on his life and his music making and so pretty pretty cool that they put that together and I, I think it's really enjoyable I, I know it used to be available for free to download from the site I don't know if that's still the case but I've had it on my iTunes and I was oh, do you have do you have copies of it can you add to the playlist with um, can we torrent it from you what was because that? I would like to can we torrent it from you directly uh if you know how to do that i don't okay i'm not even gonna right. pretend you know how to do that dropbox it to us <laughs> perhaps i will i'll try to do that i will pay 50 cents per track i will pay nothing <laughs> <laughs> all right I will, well i'm gonna lower my bid then this, but yeah we can figure it out <laughs> i'll pay um, 50 cents a song for the free album yeah right <laughs> Don't make me go up to, to 75 To the person cents. that currently owns the album, yeah. but not the not artist. The artist. <laughs> Something uh. about this transaction is wrong. <laughs> oh, here we go into the whole capital communism, capitalism communism thing from last week. Capital communism. Com I've had. There we go. It's harder than it sounds, I've had too doesn't many beers. it? Sorry. Cap me too. Capital communism could be a. Capitalism communism. Anyway, we all won that argument, so it's fine. <laughs> all right, so what did you guys think upon first listens? Because I didn't realize that neither of you had listened to him before, so that's pretty... I'm excited I've... that I got to share some of my favorite music with you guys. I've never even heard of him before. So, I mean, this was this was a, a really cool kind of um, introduction for me because, I mean, it just, you know, usually, if, at least if there's an artist I never heard their music i've at least aware of them and i don't know how i miss this guy because there's so many bands and artists in my you know wheelhouse so to speak um that i probably should have run into him by now you know <laughs> um and sure. i i really enjoyed it I, I again i listened to it while i was at work at my desk because life's kind of crazy right now work's kind of crazy i haven't had time to sit down and put the headphones on and really go at it but um immediately just from you know an aesthetic point of view it, it felt very comfortable <laughs> listening to his music <laughs> um fits right in with with um you know the the stuff i already know i like and and everything so i i just i enjoyed it um i liked how they're i, I love it when artists can have a cohesive sound without everything sounding the same or treading yeah. a whole lot of the same material good call yeah and, and that's call. that's what i enjoyed it all sounded like kevin divine music but you know and i think a good person who does that too is elliot smith you know? i was just gonna say the exact same thing it's it's so weird for me to be delving into these two artists you know back to back weeks because i'm having i had such the same kind of experience with it and the same kind of immediate reaction to what they do that's a, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, totally. So my, I'd say overall, um, I wish I had more time to get into his music more to prepare for this than I did. Um, I mean, we, of course, it was very short notice that Robert let us know he couldn't record, and and Val stepped <laughs> in, and you know, this all kind of transpired, you know, within the last 40 hours, really. But, um, you know, I really see him as being somebody that I'm going to listen to forever no not me <laughs> it's more of a one and done sort of <laughs> wham bam oh you, yeah man. you were really good kevin thanks man see you around you know that sort of thing you know it's funny <laughs> that uh john that you mentioned the whole you know him him not kind of coming into your radar until now because i i think that uh, most of the people that i've introduced him to over the year feel the same years feel the same way and um and really when he did his work with with brand new and with manchester orchestra i think that that's kind of where things um took off especially because they did um with with banchester orchestra with andy hull they did a side project bad book mm. um i want to check that so out that's sort of where you put you put one of those on the playlist right i put one of their songs on the playlist i'll be i'll be completely I like honest i haven't though. i think i have both of the albums i just haven't 
given it a thorough listen at all because to yeah. me Kevin Devine sort of falls in these these two camps and I think he realizes this as an artist too and I've read interviews and heard podcasts and stuff with him where he talks about how there's the sort of indie folk solo stuff and then the indie rock stuff with his band his backup band is called the goddamn band so right. Kevin Devine and the goddamn band but um yeah the, I I tend to I appreciate both and I like both but I tend to gravitate more towards the folky stuff of his um mm. and so I think bad books sort of falls more into that experimental rock kind of it sounds more like Manchester Orchestra to me than it sounds like Kevin Divine, if that makes sense. It, you're totally right. You're totally right. It's still a good track though, the one you put on here. Oh yeah, like that's the... my favorite of the ones that I've <laughs> that I've heard for sure. Um so yeah. So Chris, tell us what you thought. You kind of started mm, to, but I did. Well, I interrupt people a lot. So thanks for pointing that out. Um yeah. No. <laughs> he was um yeah, it was really it was it was a lot of fun. I didn't want to like him at all, um, because you know we did we did a whole thing on Brand New once, and Brand New's like one of those artists that are like, a lot of my friends like and are popular in a circle of people that I like. That I just I guess I don't appreciate them the same level that everyone else does. Um, you know, I think when we talked about them, you know, they kind of hit this high point. You know, like they were go they were getting good, and then they were. And then suddenly they just sucked hardcore. Um, so, you know, that's not to say I don't like that whole scene, but I wanted to lump this guy in with that whole scene. I would say the same thing, actually, because I, I, when I saw some of those associated acts, I didn't get it after listening to the music. Because I, yeah, I listened to the music without knowing those associations to those other bands. Yeah. And, you know, I was kind of, whoa, okay, that's not the... the subset of music i would have um pictured him being attached to in some and respect. i i you know i think you know in classic hipster fashion i was like well this guy's really you know he's in that kind of indie scene i'm very skeptical about artists that i haven't heard of that get recommended to be from that scene in general um but no he i it was really good and i had a very similar experience um you know last week you know listening to elliot smith i think his his music is diverse enough um with still maintaining his kind of his core sound um where you're right it doesn't get repetitive um it stays interesting but it still has uh like there's no track without like a real driving melody to it you know to keep you listening um the thing that really caught me um obviously was was his lyric writing i think the songwriting is just really more than i was expecting i was really caught off guard by how well these songs were written um, and really just sad about it. Like, nah, it, you know, <laughs> you don't have to write good songs. You could just use whatever lyrics. Your songs are fine. You have a good voice. You have good intention. You have, you know. But no, his lyrics are really good. Why you gotta good. make his everybody else are... feel bad about their songwriting? Right, Kevin. Seriously. <laughs> um, that being said, you know, on second listen through, you know, I really did pay attention to lyrics, and I was like, oh, yeah, a lot of this stuff, yeah, is very explicit a lot of it is is his viewpoints you know it's much more political than elliot smith you know it's a lot of it is much you know whereas elliot smith a lot of it was kind of thematically dealing with um you know the hardships associated with like depression and drug dependence and things like that this is much more you know socially outspoken you know there's there's points he's trying to get across and it's kind of a there's that's the the difference outside of just their vocal styles the difference that i draw between the two artists the whole nirvana thing um after i read that it was his influence i was like oh yeah now i can see that but at the time when i was listening to it i didn't i guess i didn't pick up on it whereas when i was listening to elliot smith i was like boy there's a lot of beatles influence here right and then i read and i was like oh yeah it's because you recorded this <laughs> yeah, that makes sense you know um, it's interesting i somehow um in when the two most recent albums came out, Bulldozer and Bubblegum, I missed the fact that, that Bubblegum was produced by Jesse from Brand New. And when I first heard that album without knowing that, like I somehow that just didn't enter my uh, <laughs> my knowledge until afterwards, I was like, wow, this has a lot of kind of brand new sound to it. And 
kind of had that same sort of thing where, oh, okay, because Jesse was involved in making the album. <laughs> All right, that's, you know, that's cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, say what you will about, about Brand New, but they're certainly um, doing interesting things. And it's kind of an, a cool pairing, I think, between the two of these because they are so different, but when they collaborate, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, the, the storytelling is, is probably my favorite part of his music and the political stuff that does come into play on some of the songs. I, I know that, um, some of, some of it, and I don't know, I, I think I included a few of these tracks on the playlist that I made, but a few of them are like kind of very, very strong viewpoints. Um, but yeah, they're also songs I think, like, that fiscal kind of, cliff is on there, like fiscal cliff. If you can't guess what that one's about, right, right. Turns I out, mean, those albums <laughs> that came out around like '03 to '05 mm-hmm. talk about the Iraq War, and and I know one of his songs mentions like the WikiLeaks stuff, and so there's definitely um, "Bag of Bones" to me mm-hmm. is sort of like, um, and maybe this is a, a silly comparison to make, but the first time I heard it, I I kind of thought of "We Didn't Start the Fire." Oh, got, that like, is a silly comparison. Word, like, <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff that's going on in the world right now and, like, getting pissed about it. I don't know. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> Is that what We Didn't Start the Fire is about? <laughs> Not really, but it, I, it conjures that same sort of feeling for me for oh. some reason. I, I never I... said I was a music critic when you guys invited me on. <laughs> that's true. That's true. No, I, I, the political stuff is... is um... You know, I'm wary of um, overtly political music that isn't somebody mm-hmm. who is like a Dylan or somebody like that who is, um, you know, or Woody Guthrie or, you know, one of these kind of historically voice of the people kind of singers. When it's just some, some dude and I've never heard of him and, you know, he's getting all political on me, I tend to um, shy away from that. Um, yeah, but I mean, I used to be yeah, we... well, and I used to be very politically motivated, and I've gotten to the point where it's like I don't care. It's not something that is, um, you know, I'm not out to change minds on politics. I'm not out to, you know, be the loudest voice talking about. It's there's so much vanity involved in people who are really out there trying to um, talk about their political views, and you know, it's it's more about you know them and well this is what i stand for and you know i i don't know if i'm really articulating that very well but i didn't get that sense from him with this stuff no because there was i think there's a really big difference between someone on facebook shouting their political view and someone you know saying talking about an issue that's really important to them yeah and, and and you know and that's and when you talk about like i can you imagine like half the crowd you know um at the gaslight you know with with dylan like whoa whoa man oh where, why all the politics all of a sudden you know like you know it's i i imagine it's the same kind of thing we have a, an indie artist who's very passionate about a very large scale political thing it's not like here are, is my breakdown of what i think about the republican party or the democratic party yeah. you know it's like here's here's the economic crisis here's the iraq war these are big things that he's that he's passionate about and it's well yeah, and, and and, so sort of to me the songs that he and it's it's funny because i think that they they stand out so much that it seems like it's a huge part of his work but really i think if we were to kind of pull out which songs are political and which aren't it's like t- maybe 10 15 percent of his songs wow. it's not that many but the ones that are there are very they stand out because they're so different than all the like you know songs about relationships and whatever but uh yeah like i think that the way that he he tells his views is is very much just how he's experiencing them how he's processing it as opposed to like i need you to think this or something like that right and and that that, that's so true and and i guess the the biggest thing is like it's not like some artist who's like well this is my political song or you know i i'm going to change directions and now i'm going to be quasi political and and not be quasi quasi there we go quasi (laughs) i'm quasar quasar political qatar um (laughs) um i just 
you know, there, there's so many artists that do that though. They're like, well, this is my political album or I need a, I need a new image or you know, whatever it is. Right. And it's either not informed or it's generic or whatever. And there's real, you know, I don't know if I, I guess authenticity is probably the best way to put it, I guess. You, you know that he's passionate and he's thoughtful about his political mm-hmm. views. And it's just, and it's well written anyway. Like it's not, it doesn't hit you over the head. It's very, right. you know, it's, 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 it's very well written, I guess is the only way I can say it. But it's kind of the same, you know, like with his songs about relationships too. They're not these generic formula, um, predictable songs. And that's the, kind of one of the things I loved about a lot of these other tracks was that a lot of the, the lyric writing was so unpredictable. And so, uh, you know, comfortable and good without being the same thing I've heard a million times. I, yeah, and I, when I was listening to the more relationship songs, um, I don't know, it made me think, not stylistically or anything like that, but it reminded me kind of, of um, David Bazan, Pedro the Lion style of sure. songwriting about, um, not the style exactly directly, but the same thing is accomplished where it's, it's a different take and it's not like Chris said it's not cookie cutter it's not the same love song or breakup song you heard before it's got some you know it's either focusing on some really real but under under um, reviewed aspect of a relationship and done in a really creative way so the the songwriting is just so solid the, the lyricism and the the um, um, crafting of the story is that's what I appreciate the most and wish I could do better at <laughs> no, well I, you're never going to be good I think that, that that is part of, of what when when this music did come into my life it came at a really important time and I've actually felt that way about several of his tracks they're very you know relatable and I feel like like I know him in a way, you know, like I, I know everybody says that about their favorite musicians, but when you when you hear somebody discuss some of their, you know, insecurities and their setbacks and, and that kind of stuff in a very um very real and very raw mm-hmm. kind of way. Um especially the the songs where he sort of, you know, brings up anxieties and um insecurities in in his own relationships with other people and and making things work and and making things stick uh yeah you know that's just it's something that i especially what was the song i was listening to earlier and and still is i suppose (laughs) there was one i was listening to and i listened to the same verse like four times in a row and i was like i'm gonna post this verse i'm facebook <laughs> like that's how much i identified with it but it was one of those like yeah it was this is very real like you said very raw personal kind of just eloquent way of saying something that nobody ever really says but there's that song and i forget the title of it but it's you know i think it's probably actually um probably is just such a, a a well-structured song anyway but it goes through those anxieties and what what runs through your head and i think a lot of our favorite artists kind of like you said Val like tap into that um to a degree where not only can we you know relate on a level but we feel like you know this is if I were going to write a song this is the kind of song I would write um you know I think we've said like I've said before you know like Wilco you know and and some John and I some some of our favorite artists you know uh, have a tendency to do this um and and when you can have that bridge between yourself and the artist there where it's not quite jealousy but it's like this is exactly the kind of thing that i wish i could put pen to paper to create um it's it helps solidify that 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 relationship between you and the artist definitely i agree so out of the ones that you've heard and i know that that you've only listened to them a little bit which which reels these stood out or spoke to you i know you couldn't remember the name of the one but john <laughs> probably is excellent though it's it's such a like a just quaint little telling of being on the train with somebody and wanting to talk to them like it's you know such a simple thing that he made a really great song out of i kind of liked um i could be with anyone yeah that's how i made a list of the ones off of the playlist that i really liked i I like that one a lot 
Um, there were a lot. The music <laughs> yeah. video for that one is ridiculous. And it's it's totally like you can tell that they were just being silly and ha having fun with it, but they made a music video for that one, and it's like you, you'll have to watch it later because I can't even properly describe it. I will maybe we'll post on the uh, the blog too. Um, and I I mean that was one of them. I'm trying to think of what else. I don't really know the song titles because again I was listening to it as it was as I was working so. Definitely. Which is a stupid way to listen to music, by the way. Just for the record. It's a great, it's a great time to listen to Dave Matthews it's, Band. It because you don't have to man. think about anything. It just is kind of familiar and, and soothing. Yeah, it's like putting on like Transformers Three, you know, when you just want to shut your brain off and forget about things. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you do when you listen to music. So that's good to know. <laughs> um, the the one I was talking about, Val, though, by the way, is uh, people are so fickle. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. yeah. Man, that is such a good song. But um, yeah, I made a because I have a constant running list of the like I do like um you know playlist of things I'm currently listening to for my drive because I drive a lot. That's when I listen to music so I can listen to it and appreciate it and pay attention to it. You know, John. Um, and so you know I have like three off the Death Cab album in here. I have like six or so Elliot Smith from our thing last week, and I have seven off of this one hour playlist from Kevin Devine, which is silly. That's a lot. Hey. I guess I like That means a lot I, of them. I did my job. <laughs> it doesn't mean he's better than Elliot Smith. It just means John's playlist was harder to follow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I the track that I tend to really always come back to for for Kevin Devine is eleven seventeen. Um, yeah. so that's definitely one of my favorites. Um, and then Just Stay is one that I, I tend yeah. to, to play a That's lot. That's on mine. That's um, on my list. That's and then out of, the, out of the newer stuff, um, between Bubblegum and Bulldozer, I, I prefer Bulldozer um, for that kind of solo sound and couldn't be happier, I think. It's just really beautiful. So, yeah, those are kind of where I'm at. But um, Split the Country, Split the she Streets, the not Sheets, Streets. <laughs> and um, make the clocks move are they're they're always gonna have a a strong place with me because they were my my intros and they were I remember you know sitting in my car I had a a job that I started super early in the morning and I wouldn't want to go into work because I wanted to like just sit and listen to music listen to the albums over and over again so good stuff. It's weird because when I was listening to them I thought it was gonna go the way where with a lot of the artists we pick, like the more, the further in their career that they got, the more I would kind of um, tune into what they're, they're dishing out, you know, that I feel like they'd hit their sound at some point, kind of like brand new, took them a couple albums to finally be listenable. Um, <laughs> there was a, there's, a, there's been a lot of artists actually that we've done this season that are like that. Um, and I thought it was going to be the same with him so like when I was listening to Make the Clocks Move and Split the Country I was like yeah these are good and then you know we get further on and I felt like I liked it more but then looking back at just like the tracks that I starred they're mostly from earlier <laughs> in, in his um, discography which I, I'm suddenly realizing is kind of interesting but it's definitely an artist like John said that I'm going to go back and I'm going to now research and listen to you know the angrily because I don't want to like him but I have to <laughs> yeah, because he's I, good <laughs> I, um, I wanted to try and keep the playlist right around an hour when I was sharing it out but I, I noticed as I was you know because I kind of added songs and then removed things and I looked and I was like wow this is really weighted I had half the tracks off of Make the Clocks Move on the list at first. I, if you want to um, just share because we did this with um, I think we did with December, so we did with a couple others where we made like an initial, and Ryan Adams actually. Oh, and um, Steve Rowe, where we just make like an initial, like 20 track, you know, playlist, and then like, so if it turns out you like them, here's like all of my favorite songs, you know, and then we can go back and listen oh, yeah. to it. That would take a lot of effort off of my shoulders if you were to just do that. Sure. <laughs> and then you can post and, it and on you'll the blog. Too. I only had one yeah. track just say from Put Your Ghost to Rest, and I think that that's because I. 
I think I was trying to get that album on CD, but at the time it wasn't available. And he, I think that's the only, and I'd have to look, but I think that's the only album he made with a, like a major record label. Was with Capitol, right? Yeah, Capitol. I think so. Was, yeah. And so then when, when he went off of Capitol, you couldn't get the CD. And I don't think they were on iTunes yet or something. I don't know. I don't know what the chain of events was for that, but I, I hadn't really listened to all of those until... Um, recently, and then there's an album that's not on Spotify, um, his sort of first album, and there's a few really good songs on that too, um, that are really sort of that same raw acoustic solo mm-hmm. type sound. Can you imagine that if you're like this up and coming, struggling indie artist, and you have like a you know a body of music that you've already put out there that you've been performing for years and you have like four albums and then you finally get signed by signed by a major record label and you put out an album and then they drop you right away <laughs> that's gotta be awful. yeah i don't know the whole whole story behind that and then he also had um before he did his solo work he was in miracle of 86 and it doesn't look like any right. other stuff's on spotify either and i know a few tracks here and there um and they actually did a reunion tour um i want to say that was last year maybe the year before and then well, that's a stupid band name though i can't get behind that <laughs> i bet they're good <laughs> i think but... it's about baseball actually no or basketball i don't know that could be anything it's probably like croquet referring to the 1986 new york mets all right see miracle mets ah. miracle of 86 Apparently they did something miraculous that year. <laughs> they were the Miracle Mets. They had a theme song. Very nice. They had their, they had their own. Kevin Devine is definitely like like a New York, New Yorker. Um, I think I was listening to something of his where like he's got like New York policemen in his family, and they're just like they're so tied to the city, and and he talks about New York a lot. Um, when he's interviewed and stuff so what's cool cool about that too is that we've been focusing so much on the pacific northwest music scene we have a lot lately on the podcast you know just by not by coincidence it just so happens (laughs) that's where a lot of this is bred um so to get you know the other side of the country's take on that and then still be linked you know you know such in such a way with elliot smith and nirvana and stuff is I think it's interesting because I, you know, East Coast. You guys know me in the East Coast. I can't stand it. Anything about it. <laughs> All of our listeners from the East Coast are just horrible people. Yeah. That being said, um, this guy's all right. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. We have done a lot of Pacific Northwest artists. Yeah. Decembris, Peter yeah, Kenny, mm-hmm. Death Cab, Elliot Smith. I we did Nirvana in our um, wife episode. The wife cast, yeah. The wife cast, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's others. Steve Earle. See Pacific Northwest. Bruce Springsteen. See, <laughs> yeah, uh, no. Rodrigo y Gabriela. <laughs> big, big Portland band. <laughs> One more thing um, I wanted to kind of hear your uh, your thoughts on the two of you, especially as musicians and in, you know in a band. Um, oh, I'm hardly the a musician. The two albums that, that he put out most recently, he did a Kickstarter to do, and mm-hmm. um, that was sort of you know controversial at the time. This was a few years ago now, um, you know because that's kind of like crowdsourcing to make an album. But in his case, I think. You know, he's not, he wasn't and still isn't like a, a famous person or a celebrity no, yeah. by any means. Yep. It wasn't like when Zach Braff did a Kickstarter for a film or whatever. Like, Right. Or that, um, what's his name? Peter Molyneux doing a Kickstarter for his next game when he's like a billionaire anyway. Right. Um, no, I have no problem with that sort of thing at all. I think when you're an artist in that position, you know, I don't think that's any different than than selling merch or selling concert tickets or anything else it's showing you know it's that because you're not going to get it from your your record label you know you're getting it from your fans one way or another yeah um and i i i really have no problem 
with that sort of thing. Now, if like Metallica were to go out and be like, "We're gonna make a new album. We got a Kickstarter for it." Every this big middle finger to all that. Well, just anything <laughs> uh, Metallica does in general. <laughs> uh, you know, but but it's like uh, you know when when um before the whole love came out. Uh, well, they had a, a, a post on their site that, like, we've always been totally supportive of everyone pirating our music, you know, torrent it, it's all good as long as you share it around. Um, but, you know, if you get a chance to buy it, or at least, um, I think they had a donation thing on their site or whatever, um, they're like, that'd be cool too. You know, yeah. like, again, don't feel like you can't pirate our music because you totally can. We just want people listening. But, you know, we also kind of need money for the band, too, so that sort of thing. So, I, again, it, there's a lot of different venues and you can go through when getting funds to make your music. And that, that one, for, and an artist, for an artist like that, I, I have no problem with that. And that's kind yeah. of, and, you know, music is And he explained this... it really well, and I think that the text of it is, is still up, because, you know, he wanted to do this kind of on his own without, you know, and they kind of had their own label as a result of it. Um, and he sort of goes through sort of the process and how, you know, being in the label system affected him and, and, you know, kind of what he wanted to do by having two albums that totally different sort of sound and feel to them. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And the way he explained it, I think was really, really well. Cause you can tell that he sort of struggled with making that decision himself as somebody who had already had you know, six albums under his belt at the time. He's got so many albums. He does have several <laughs> albums. For being like 35, yeah, it's, it's a lot of albums. It's really frustrating. <laughs> we don't even have one album. That's not true. <laughs> we, it depends on how you define an album, right? That's what I'm going to write in our Kickstarter. There we go. Well, and, and <laughs> I, you know, music is, is such a... Um, to be an, an artist you're of course being um you know evoking your thoughts feelings creative um uh, tendencies to create this art but you also have to be a businessman at the same time because you know there you, there's just this whole new structure in the music industry where an artist maybe maybe kevin divine wouldn't have done a kickstarter 10 years ago because that really wasn't a thing but now it, it fits for where he is in the music industry. And it's kind of like these other bands um, that have started doing like the house shows, living room concerts and stuff. Um, to bring up David Bazan again, you know, he started doing that when he signed to um, uh, Barsic Records because they didn't want him to tour until his album was done. But he's kind of a, a blue collar, you know, artist. He's not a, you know, pulling down big money everywhere. So he had to pay some bills. So you know, instead of doing a, a, yeah. a tour, he started just playing. You know, hey, thousand bucks, I'll come play in your living room. You can sell tickets, recoup your money, you know. But it's like a set fee. He's not splitting it with a booking agent. He's not splitting it with a label. He can kind of, you know find creative ways to make money. And um, you know, I don't I don't have any problem. As I mentioned last week. Um, you know, I don't care if Jack White gets more of my money because I like what Jack White does. Yes, he's a millionaire, but who cares? You know, I, I like his art. I want to give him money for it. Same as some of these smaller artists that, uh, you know, are, are finding creative ways to create their music and get it out to the public and make a living at it. And well, right, I, it's just hard all now, around, I can't really fault with, anybody. With stuff like Spotify and youtube and all of that out there like you know the opportunity to make money off of your music is, is low unless you're touring like 100 percent of the time um, but there's also like this weird new subset of of um of bands and artists that are you know they're not they might be in pitchfork but they might be buried in pitchfork somewhere you know they're not a, a big name buzz name that's going to be in rolling stone necessarily but they can make a really good living you know they're not going to be living in a mansion in in Beverly Hills, but you know they're going to have enough money to you know have a nice house and a nice car. Kind of just doing that working class band kind of thing. Um, that normally you know if you didn't have if you didn't you know 20 years ago if you didn't have a label you you weren't doing anything. You were driving around in a van and just trying to make ends meet. You know so it's you know, this new era of 
you know, bands and revenue kind of lets artists that are smaller and not as well known make a living at this rather than just do it as a hobby. Yeah, definitely. Well, cool. I, well, it looks like we're right at an hour. Um, thank oh, you. Have I'm, you been I'm timing happy it? that we got That's to good. talk. I'm really <laughs> like overwhelmingly happy that you enjoyed the music, and I can't wait to share more of his stuff in a playlist or whatever with you. And I'll also send you the list of, and these can sometimes be tricky to find, but they're covers that he's posted on Facebook. He does that from time to time. Oh. And it's him, like, sitting in his apartment in Brooklyn most of the time, like, playing. And it's it's weird because when I look, when I typed them all up, I was like, oh, this is a, a playlist I might actually put together. Like, these are some songs I really like. So it sort of reinforces the fact that I feel like if I met Kevin Devine in person, I would really want to be friends with him. Not just yeah. his music, because... We should kids. work. We should try and do something with that. See if we can be friends with him or something. I mean, really, because he should pay it forward, right? So, like, yeah. Chester Orchestra and Brand New kind of got got him more recognition so he could do that for writerless you know yeah, yeah. or just the podcast in general or the podcast, i mean it's kind of right? it's kind of like we're opening for him right now <laughs> in a way sure. there's, a, there's a few podcasts like... that he's that he's been on that are i think a couple of them are probably bigger ones like i think he was on npr at one point um but yeah. Well, I, I hope he likes talking about Iron Maiden because that's the episode he's going to be on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Val, are you familiar with our um, our rating system at the Static Podcast, the the uh, the awarding of Dinosaur Juniors for? Um... You know, you explained it to me once, and I've heard you do it, but I haven't heard like the background explanation. I've just heard you issuing them. So, how does it's that? It's completely work? arbitrary. It's just yeah. Our dino- how many Dinosaur Juniors do you give? On a scale of one to ten, it's like, yeah. Okay, it is it's... a scale of one to ten. I would give Kevin Devine ten Dinosaur Juniors. I'm gonna go with a solid eight, eight Dinosaur Juniors, and half an Elliot Smith. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I like, begrudgingly give him eight. Yeah, I really don't want to give him that many Dinosaur Juniors. You legitimately Juniors. didn't want to like him. I, I still don't. You can, you know. I don't know. Maybe you know, I won't. There's we'll a, see. a line I'm thinking <laughs> of in one of his songs that's not on the list, but it should be um, Ball Game, where he, he says um, something along the lines of I can't remember the exact lyric, but it's uh, like a, a kid with his guitar so drunk and desperate. Uh, or I know, like, I know a kid with his guitar so drunk and desperate has been done to death, but tell me what hasn't, I'll try it. And, like, I think that he's just so self-aware of the fact that he's this, you know, kind of sad bastard with a guitar making music, and and it has been done so much and, and done to death. And a lot of his lyrics, he sort of refers to how presumably girlfriends or important people in his life have told him, you know, it's like there's uh, in Just Stay, it's pretty, but you hate yourself. I can hear it clear as day. Um, and so, yeah, so he, he understands that you don't want to like him, Chris, I, th- I think is what I'm getting at. I think I think he owes me a beer. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that if I were to see him, I would want to be friends with him, but I feel like he would have to buy me a beer. Definitely. I, I, I I'll send him an email. Sure. I'll, I'll send him a Twitter. <laughs> um, all right. So, well, thanks um, for having me on, guys. Yeah. Bye, Val. <laughs> Wait, are you? <laughs> um, do you, are we gonna do the what have you been listening to lately one part? Which nah, one? I think we're over on time, we... and I haven't. I don't listen to music anymore anyway. Okay then. Just listen to Best Coasts, feeling okay. That's a great song. No, stop it. Stop telling me to listen to things. And also the new Indigo Girl song's really good. No, I'm. Uh, you said that last week. I don't care. I'm say... saying it twice. You also said to listen to Dave Matthews Band. I'm not going to do that. I wouldn't recommend anyone listen to Dave Matthews Band. Would you recommend I give my first girlfriend a Dave Matthews Band CD? No, see, the person I bought the Dave Matthews Band CD for was somebody I wanted to be a girlfriend, but it never happened. Do you think I should buy you a Dave Matthews Band CD, John? (laughs) No. No, I'm good. But thanks, everybody. But if you get one in your mailbox... I'll know who it's from. (laughs) I'll know who it's from.
It could be any of our listeners, and then it would be creepy. <laughs> I just every every day for a week, I just get a different Dave Matthews Band CD, all the live albums, the eight thousand live albums, but with with Bunch more and more bootleg. blood in each envelope. Yeah. You get like, them on is it their blood? tape. Oh man. <laughs> just with like marker written on them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Understand me. That's that's what we're gonna write on the envelope. It's going to be really... I'm looking forward to this game. <laughs> <laughs> You'll forget about it in about an hour. Yeah, I'm going to go... Is, are the Hawks still playing, or did they... Bail? They lost. Did they? Oh, they were going to. That's okay. They're winning home. Yeah, just next game. Bulls won. So... And the Cubs lost. Bad day for Chicago. What happened oh, to the Sox know. game that Robert's at? I think he won. Rob- I think Robert he just probably won. went out and... I'll finish this game. <laughs> he starts beating everyone with a bat. <laughs> hey, okay, you, you win, you win. <laughs> He's already dead. The Royals won. The White Sox lost. Okay, so not too bad, bad a day for a split. Split day for Chicago. Yeah. I consider the Sox losing a victory for Chicago. Indeed. I do so. too. Cubs fans all the way. <laughs> it's really much a, a much better podcast now that Robert's not here. <laughs> so next week we'll have someone else, one assumes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Val, wanna wanna wrap it for the thing it's still your show so sure Uh, okay yeah well thanks for listening everyone and hope you have a great rest of your your evening or morning or whenever you're listening to this and thanks for listening to the static podcast good night the end yay i don't know what you say at the end (laughs) rule of eight val rule of eight You can find the Static Podcast on the iTunes Music Store or at staticanddistortion.wordpress.com. Like us on Facebook at Static and Distortion and follow us on Twitter at Static Distort.